Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast for those committed to always learning, always growing, always evolving into greater, more expansive versions of themselves. It's about living the life you want to live, a life most only dream about. Let's explore the possibilities together. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. I am here with John and Karen Sumple. They are best friends, digital nomads, and co-creators of an open-minded, slow-travel lifestyle. They are eager to see the world and share their experiences with other dreamers and doers. And one of the reasons that I have wanted to interview you both is because this is definitely in my future. Like I'm Great. definitely setting up the, um, putting all the pieces in place so that Brian and I can do that. We have one teenager that just went off to college and we have one that is a junior and, you know, just, yeah, these are the things I want to talk the to you timing about. Timing is right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like there, I'm sure that there were some things that had to fall into place in a certain order for you to really be able to make that leap. So I want to find out about all of that, but mm. also we were supposed to do this interview several months ago, I think mm-hmm. back in early March mm-hmm. and then COVID hit and uh-huh. came COVID. Yeah. And that changed everything for everybody. And we just had to slam the breaks. I had a bunch of uh, yoga group travel uh, trips planned. I had a full trip going to Peru, which I had to postpone. I had a trip going to Jamaica, which had to be postponed. Like so, suddenly my whole life became about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fast forward, and we're finally catching up and finally doing this interview. Coming out of the weeds, so yeah, to speak. it's been a, it's been mm-hmm. a crazy seven months for sure. Um, when when we were going to do our podcast interview, when we were originally scheduled to do this back in March, you were in Argentina at the time. Correct. Now you're in Edinburgh, Scotland, right? Correct. Yep. We, <laughs> yeah. We, a little we change of location. Out of Argentina because we were in a pretty strict lockdown there for four and a half months, and as soon as we found a window to get out, we looked for a place that would accept U.S. citizens. We had a quarantine here for two weeks, and then after that, we were we were fine. But yeah, it, it, we touched base with somebody still in Argentina a couple of weeks ago, and they said the restrictions are still in place. So we got out. A time. And a, yeah, and a good, time. good for that. No, we, had, good. we had big, big plans, big intentions for much, much longer time in uh, South, South America. America. Yeah. Kind of had a trajectory set, set up for ourselves to be there at least through 2021. Um, but obviously, COVID changed all that as it as it has for so many people. Yeah, it's definitely requiring all of us to be a little more flexible and loose sure. with our plans. I'm not sure if anybody has any plans for six months from now because nobody really knows it's what it is. Not smart. No, right. no. Well, so let's go back to the beginning because I think this is really going to be a wonderful fantasy and opportunity to live vicariously through you both right now when a lot of people are kind of stuck at home. So let's just kind of go on a little journey with the two of you. Take take us on a journey with you. First okay. of all, what made you decide to become digital nomads? Like what made you do this? Well, I'll go back to 1995 was our first conversation about 
doing something where we were on the road working and moving around, but that was just a pipe dream. Uh, and then when my dad passed away in 2002, I had a chance to speak with him a couple of weeks before he died. And he said, don't wait. You know, he said, I worked hard my whole life and I was just about to retire in a couple of months. And then this happens and, uh, you know, don't wait. And then I lost my job in 2008 and was ready to put the anchor down in uh, South Florida for another job. And my son said, if you don't move to Seattle now, you'll, you'll never do it. You know, now's the perfect time to do it. So we, we made the jump. We were fortunate at that time that uh, Karen was able to arrange to work remotely at her company that's based in South Florida. So we set the table back in 2009. Not realizing that that was creating a foundation for right. what we would do later with this. But, so we, yeah. the, the work from home thing was really a simple thing for us because we had been doing that uh, for the last, you know, eight, nine years right. before we, we jumped and started doing this. Mm-hmm. So that was the easy part for us. But the, the, the catalyst to the whole thing happening, uh, I was having a conversation with a fraternity brother, and I was asking him, what are you doing that affords you the opportunity to travel all over Central and South America and take photos and post about all these amazing things that you're doing? Because we were living vicariously for him, right. who was doing this already, the long-term travel lifestyle. So, And he ahead. said, well, you could do this. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he he showed me some photos of the place that he was staying in Guatemala at the time. And he asked me, how much do you think it costs for me to rent this? And it was a three bed, I think it was two bedroom, two bath on a hillside overlooking a lake, a volcano off in the distance, a nice garden, uh, just absolutely gorgeous, really nice place. And I was like, oh, 1,200, 1,500. And he's like, oh no, it's only $400 a month. Mm. So the wheels started turning very quickly about low cost of living areas that would allow us to do more with 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 less or take advantage of the money that we were making. Right. The affordability factor was super appealing because I don't think we ever really thought of it that way. You always tend to think travel, especially long term travel, that it would be very costly and that it's something that you would have to save up for, you know, months and years to do. And we kind of looked at the, a little bit at the numbers and the possibility. That was all, that was my motivation, 100%. And realized that was in the case, yeah. The numbers. And uh, when I was on the, I didn't even share anything with Karen initially after the first conversation I had with Scott. And after that, I got off the phone with him uh, or off uh, social media with him, I started doing some research and within you know, 24, 36 hours, I was shocked by how inexpensive it would be for us to do this. And that's when I went to care and I said, let me throw something at you. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on this. And within, I think, an hour and a half, two hour conversation, we were both like, let's look into this. Mm-hmm. This this sounds really interesting. Yeah. Opening the door to it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Wow. It's well, it's wonderful that you were so open-minded, Karen, because I could see that I could see in some relationships, there'd be one person who'd be adventurous and willing to go for it and take the leap. And maybe another partner who's maybe mm, not feeling it, maybe a little bit more nervous about the whole thing. So it says a lot about your open-mindedness that you are willing to entertain it. 
Right. No, absolutely. A lot of people struggle with that. Um, couples, we've seen that or within the family dynamic where they're just not all on board. So there's resistance and it's not probably going to happen the way the the, the band leader wants it to. Right. But um, yeah, for us, we've just been we were so in sync with the initial planning stages. And then as we've been doing this, so in sync, it's just been, uh, we'll talk more about it, but it's been amazing in so many ways for us as individuals, as a couple, um, just, you know, as global citizens, there's just so much. And Karen had reservations initially. Uh, It was more about, she needed a lot of assurances about her job, about Structurally, yes. I, yeah, that was more challenging for me. Like, what will this look like? And um, I don't want to say creating routines, but just what, what would the normal look, what would it look like, you know? Like what would a typical day look like? So you, yeah. so you knew there'd be some structure to your life. I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't enough to make me say no, or this is too scary. Let's not. I, well, we, I embraced we did it. One thing that helped a lot is we did a scouting trip. Yes. We went down to that Ecuador was, that for was a couple huge. of weeks and explored uh, Quito and uh, Cuenca to get an idea. That was kind of what we targeted based on the research that we had done that U.S. dollar, a lot of English uh, speaking expats. And just, it would be like mm-hmm. a good kind of starting point for us. And uh, once we were there and Karen saw that I, I could I could definitely do this, I think a lot of her considerations for or hesitations were alleviated. Right, right. I agree with that. I think the scouting trip is a really good idea because you have to dip your toe in the water and start to have a vision of what's possible. I think the reason I feel confident that this is going to happen in my future is because at one point I had spent four months living in the Philippines, like way up in this remote mountain village. And kind of like what you were talking about, we had this beautiful two-bedroom two-story loft apartment for $80 a month and talk about living simply. And it was wonderful. There was no stress. It was, it was just fantastic. And then, you know, you come back to the United States and you're just bombarded with the, the stressors of everything that needs to be done and taken care of in order to just compete in the way that we do things here in the U S are you targeting a certain area for when you guys deploy? Uh, like you, I want to, I want to see the world. I mean, luckily mm-hmm. both Brian and I have done quite a bit of traveling, but I, I want to, um, I, I want to see it all. So it's hard to say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? down. Yeah. Or where to start at least. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good approach though, is that having the wanderlust first and then everything else. Really it feeds, just take, yeah, that's the it most important the thing is having two people who want to do it. You know, if, if, if you have one that's trying to kind of convince the other one, uh, doesn't always work out, but somebody like, like, I didn't have to convince Karen, but there was some hesitation on my part that there were things that she would have to give up. She's an aesthete and she likes her surroundings and she likes the nesting capability of having her own place. And I right. thought that was going to be very hard for her. Turns out it was actually a very good thing. Yeah. So to tell me more about that. How are you meeting that need for yourself as a nester yeah. and as a 
designer. Yeah, you know what? I just, well, first of all, I love the simplicity of not being weighed down by a lot of different things and um, keeping things just very streamlined around me because that's another part of my personality is I like everything just, you know, like neat and simple. So it's it's really easy to do when you only have two suitcases full of things. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of it is is... I guess the way I would explain it is the stimulation of going to new places. And before COVID, we were moving moving pretty quickly. Like we would never be in an apartment, an Airbnb for more than a month, maybe two months. But um, moving through different places, all different settings and them being attractive places and interesting places, I would just kind of enjoy them for what they were. And also not having to be burdened by keeping everything just so. So I was able to just let that go because I, I used to be somebody who would get worked up about a nick in the wall or, you know, a scratch on the refrigerator door or something like that. Well, now it just doesn't matter. So it's actually been very interesting and surprising how freeing that's been. Yeah, you don't realize how much we get tied down by stuff. And, oh, absolutely. And I absolutely get the whole minimalist movement. I I, I feel like I'm a minimalist at heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that I think that works well with wanderlust because you can go and sure. you are hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, order to, in order to do it where you're you have the ability to move whenever you want. If you like we've talked about this before on our podcast that we usually don't plan ahead more than like a week or two before we, we really go to don't. someplace different, whether it's, <laughs> it's a country or a new city. We don't spend a lot of time. And the reason why we don't plan too far ahead is because what if we go someplace and we really like it? We want to have the ability to stay longer. The option. Yeah. You know, you know so we, we did that in Mexico a couple of different times. We extended our stay in uh, San Miguel de Allende. We did it in Mexico City. We did it in, in Peru. We stayed way beyond the visa in Peru and had to pay a, a minor penalty to do that, but more than happy to do it because it's more about the the journey for us than it is to ticking. It's not about ticking boxes. Mm-hmm. We, we've approached this and we, we keep being asked by everyone that we know, when are you coming home? And there's no desire. There's especially <laughs> we have no end date. Yeah, we, no we may do this until yeah until we can until basically. We, yeah, yeah. It, whether health or finances, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that we really believe that would stop us from doing you know what we're doing. We have no intention. Yeah, yeah. it's just moving Stopping. forward, not going back, and and that's not a knock on where we came from because we 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 are. Although these these days it may <laughs> it, be. It be we can talk about that. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we will. I do want to ask you about that in in a little while. Yeah. But it has been a something that we're both on the same page and that we're excited about it. And we're looking forward to, you know, what's next. We're definitely present when we're where we are, but that's home. So right now, home is that home. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about travel is it does. It makes it a lot easier to stay present because everything is fresh and everything is new. And and so I, I totally get not planning that far ahead, you know, waiting to see what, where life is taking you, where the energy is flowing and, and going with that. So, yeah, I get so much more reward out of just being nimble the way we are and just open to, you know, what's around the corner for us. It's just, it's just endlessly stimulating. I just can't stress it enough. Yeah. I, I, I've listened to some of your stories, by the way, I have enjoyed your podcast very much. And I definitely want to give a shout out to that. Um, it's called, let's see, uh, from someplace new, S U M P L A C E. From someplace new, we'll 
mention that again at the end, but it is a great podcast. So anybody who is a wannabe digital nomad and is thinking, maybe I'll do that, or maybe I won't do that, but I still want to live vicariously through them. It's very good. And I highly recommend it. And so the next question I have for the two of you is what has been the most surprising and unexpected part of this whole experience for you? Well, there's probably a few things. Mm. I think, you know, uh, one surprise was how quickly Karen got into it for me. <laughs> I was not, I was expecting it to be a gradual thing, but it was a matter of, of like one, one month. And she was, was she embraced it yeah, very, I was very sold quickly. pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, they're really, one of the things that, and we've talked to people who have, who have done this and there have been people who started a journey and then had to go back home for a variety of reasons. Some people thought they were going to be able to, you know, create a business on the go and it didn't work out. So they had to, you know, fold up their tent posts and, and go back home. We have been fortunate, knock on wood, that I don't want to say everything's been easy because getting out of Argentina wasn't necessarily easy. It's a lot of planning to get out, but it has been uh, no obstacles, nothing that we couldn't overcome. There's been some hurdles thrown our way, but we've jumped up. Well, and we always have the mindset. I credit ourselves with that. The mindset that we'll figure it out that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, yeah, whatever challenges come our way that, that they won't be insurmountable, that this is something that's worth fighting for. And if there's some blips along the way, which they really, what what I'd call blips or minor blips. Um, yeah, it's just, it's worth pursuing it. And Speed bumps, it. not roadblocks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. But surprising. Okay, so. I would say that we've gone, one of the reasons why it hasn't been, there's been surprises when you go into different cultures. It sure, might adjust what you were expecting. Mm-hmm. But we, we've made it a, a point when we've had our discussions is let's not go in there with our, you know, U.S. mentality, our, our mindset of what we know life to be. Too many people do that. Yeah, they compare it to what it. they know and then critique it based on what they know. And that's that's not going to work. Yeah, and yeah. we spend a lot of time immersing. A big part of what we're doing is instead of being a tourist, we want to be a, a local. And we try to integrate as much as we can into the local scene, go to the local, you know, hangouts and restaurants and find some of the local elements as opposed to, we do touristy things too, for sure. That's sparingly. But yeah. we don't want to be, uh, we, we, we would rather meet somebody and wind up having dinner at their house than we would in, in going out to a whole bunch of touristy hotspots. This is mm-hmm. not our our, our vibe. And those have we been had, our most rewarding experiences, yeah, most definitely. Rewarding meeting locals, meeting the traveling, locals, learning about their customs. Locals, and yeah. Peru has been our, by far our favorite. I wouldn't say, yeah, by far in the sense of the way that it spoke to us, you know, Pachamama, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with Peru, you mm-hmm, know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. the energy of the people and the, the energy of the land is is just such a powerful essence of the people more than anything is what really spoke to us when we were in Peru. Yes, we will go back. When we can, we will be back in Peru for sure. Yeah, I have been to Peru. And as I mentioned, I was bringing a group there uh, in September. And so if any of them are listening to this, that's just going to whet their appetites even more because we've pushed it off to September of next year. It is a magical place. It Mm -hmm. it truly is. It truly is. And so this kind of segues into a, a question that I wanted to ask. And 
and I didn't prepare you for this, so it's going to be a little bit off the cuff. Ooh, a singer. <laughs> and, and I realize this depends on where you are because everywhere it, you know, it's different to survive financially in Europe than it is in um, Peru, for example. Sure. And, sure. So if you had to tell somebody, you should just be prepared. You can live comfortably, comfortably, you know, not not high on the hog, but comfortably if you have this much monthly income to work with. Do you have oh, a range okay. that you like to give people? Well, I would look at when when, when we left Seattle, uh, we were paying $3,000 a month for rent. So our total all-in expenses on a monthly basis were probably between six, $7,000 a month, which is high. And mm-hmm. uh, we were we got to the point where the cost of living kept going up and up and up. And we got to the point where we were getting to the no savings, you know, no going on vacations. It was like, we right. love paycheck, living where we are type of thing. and mm-hmm. we're willing to pay for it because we wanted to live in the city. We just loved everything about the Pacific Northwest. But when we started to look at the cost of living in under, in other countries, we soon realized that we were going to be able to save anywhere from 40 to 60% on our monthly expenses. So if you're willing to go to a country with a lower cost of living and you're willing to shop at local markets, mm-hmm. You could very easily, you know, as an individual person, get by in between, I would say, $1,500 to $2,000 a month easily. That would be nice. Yeah. Nice so living. you're saying rent, food, uh, medical yeah, all care, expenses, medical month, insurance. All you have to consider expenses. that. But yeah. yeah. Easily. And we stayed at Airbnb. We, everything we stay at for the most part has been an Airbnb. And if you were to go and negotiate with a long-term lease or even a short-term lease independently with some people, you'd get a much, much lower rate. So there are places in Mexico, in uh, Ecuador, Peru, Chile, and Argentina that you could probably get a one-bedroom, one-bath type of apartment living arrangement for anywhere between $250 to $500 a month. Mm. So the cost of living is the big thing that really drove us to explore this. And once we realized that there are certain there are certain countries that we definitely want to visit, but they're a higher cost of living. And one of the reasons why we selected South America first, uh, Central and South America first, was that we knew that if we did that, we'd be able to pay off all our debt, which we did. And wow. COVID yeah. kind of forced our hand a little bit when uh, we were in Argentina. We were paying 700, I think it was $745 a month and we were only there for one month when everything hit. And the uh, owner of the Airbnb said, uh, you can stay here and I'll just charge you what I would normally charge. And it was not according to all the fees you have to pay through Airbnb. So we were paying $450. Yeah, he was so happy to have a stable renter. Wow. And we stayed there for three yeah. and a half months longer. So that added to our savings because it, really it was mm-hmm. you know very inexpensive we couldn't do anything because we couldn't go out we were limited to only going out three times a week to go grocery shopping that was all we were allowed so there was no going out and having fun uh, we were pretty much limited so our monthly expenses for those four and a half months were around seven eight hundred dollars a month all in so that again saved a ton of money for us over the course of those four months. So, what was the number you, you gave John earlier for what you were thinking? Two people, one person, comfortable, a oh, one person, fifteen hundred to two thousand. Okay, 
Mm-hmm. So and that's I, high. That would be that would be nice. That would be mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah, living. comfortable. Because you could you could get by on easily less than a thousand dollars for an individual. But if you want to, if you're not looking to scrimp by, so that's one of the things that we've been talking about. And what we want to do is encourage people to look at it, not as, well, how can I, how I can't do it because of my job, my job won't allow me to do it. Well, what about looking at other alternatives for generating income? And the good thing is, is that you don't necessarily have to be making what you're making in your current job. If you can start a different business, an online type of business, something where you can charge a fee or sell something where you're making money, you don't have to make as much to live in a low cost of living country. And low cost of living doesn't mean poor. It doesn't mean bad. The infrastructure is very sound in, in every major city. Right. That There's been so many misconceptions phenomenal. around yeah. various areas of Mexico and South America where it's it's ridiculous because it is very robust infrastructure and, and very pleasant in so many men, so many ways. So just Am to, I remembering correctly that you both said Mexico up. City was your favorite? I loved Mexico City. Karen loved it. Where we stayed was a big part of it. Of course. It was so, a lovely neighborhood, yeah, one we of the were, nicer neighborhoods. Uh, we well, were two in, different neighborhoods. Uh, it was in, we were in Roma. In La Condesa. La Condesa area is just gorgeous. But one of the great things about that area is huge tree canopy coverage in that area. So you're in the middle of the city and there's trees everywhere. So you don't necessarily get to look up and see the sky, which is very polluted. That was the, <laughs> so that was the downside. The only for me. knock for, yeah, for me Big, too. Yeah. Is the that pollution, but otherwise, is not good. which, which is yeah, significant enough. That's but a the concern, city. But it's the food is phenomenal. Oh the, my goodness. The food. It's, if you like an urban environment, <laughs> the, food. the urban environment is, 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 it's a hustle and bustle. And it's just, Oh, the music, the culture, the, art that everything's just fantastic but everywhere we went in mexico we yeah. we loved it so mm. we you know big thumbs up we weren't initially planning to go to mexico but there were some reasons why we initially was going to delay the trip uh by two or three months but then we said well if we're closer to the u.s let's start off in mexico we had some friends that had property that we were able to secure that and so we wound up spending uh, three months in Acamal which is uh, near Tulum and Playa del Carmen. And then we went to San Miguel de Allende, then Mexico City, then uh, Oaxaca. And then we jumped over after nine months of that, oh, Umerida as well, and then went down to uh, Ecuador and kind of started the South American leg. But uh, wow. I would say of all the cities that we've been to, um, I like Lima would probably be one of my favorite cities. Hmm. Uh, uh, just a it's coastal, and that was surprising. And yeah. So many people were were would question that, like, what Lima? Even like, what did you get Lima. out of Lima? Yeah, <laughs> the city hall. Uh, <laughs> were yeah. you in the Miraflores neighborhood? We, we were, we were we one of two one of the two places. Yes, yeah, we stayed. The second one was in Miraflores. So again, awesome. so hand selecting neighborhoods. Uh, we're pretty strategic about that mm-hmm. with our research picking areas but even san miguel but, san miguel really spoke to us we that was our our second location third mm-hmm. location and we were at that point we're like wow is it going to get better than this <laughs> so nice the people were we've we've made lifelong friends there that uh, oh, we still wonderful. keep in touch with it's it's been uh, it's been amazing yeah truly so then if you knew then before you took this big leap of faith. If you knew then what you know now, would you do anything differently? Good question. And what I would have done differently is started this sooner. 
Mm. Like literally started this sooner. We could have done it years prior with mm-hmm. us already working the way we were remotely and the flexibility we had, we were renting. Um, yeah, we could have, we could have embarked on this even sooner. And what has made it easier for us too, is we sold everything that we own. We we're have a true, small yeah, we really did. in Seattle that has, I think some uh, memorabilia and artwork and some Christmas ornaments and that's about it. So we left that and we don't know if we'll ever go even back visit the storage visit unit. Our storage We're unit. paying for that every month, which I kind of question if that's necessary. But <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that too, because when I went to the Philippines, I went with the idea that I, I'm just, I was going and I didn't have a, a return plan. I did end up coming home after four months, but I sold everything. I gave things away right. and it was basically down to a, a closet and that's what I was left with. And I really wasn't attached to it. You know, when I came wasn't back, that the best feeling, it, oh, it, I get so jazzed about this, the, the minimizing. It just feeds me so much. I love it. Like I'm always kind of challenging myself, even with the two suitcases, because I do have a little bit of a obsession with um, textiles and the fabrications and things. So the scarves, the hats, the accessories everywhere we've gone, it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm constantly like, okay, how can I pare this down? Like less, like you get so motivated just to own and move around with less and less and less. Yeah. And that really has not left me like the feeling of how light and free I felt without all of the stuff. I have never forgotten that feeling. So how we've talked a little bit about this, but how has COVID changed the experience for you? Wow. That's, that's, it's, it's forced us to be flexible and adaptable and to even more so than normal, yeah, and, which and you to, have to be with this lifestyle anyway, but yeah. yeah. And to look at mm-hmm. staying in a place for much longer. So we had no, we had no anticipation that we were going to be in Bariloche, uh, Argentina for four and a half months. That just, we were supposed to be this there for a month. tiny little apartment in <laughs> a lovely town. Thank right. goodness for that. A beautiful town in the lake and the mountains and all oh, of that. But yeah. Yeah. The smallest apartment that we've stayed at, save for one. Ironically, uh, yeah. yeah, it really was the smallest. And we were there that for we were four and a half months. For the longest. Couldn't leave and, you know, a little star crazy. I'm imagining it's limiting your choices because you can't just yes. pick up and go yes. anywhere. The, Making the decision Making about the where decision to about go where next. to go mm-hmm. next and coming here. We knew that getting here, there was no guarantee we'd be able to do anything. We just knew that we could get there in, in over to Scotland and quarantine for two weeks, which was not an issue for us because we were we knew we'd be here long term. But we then knew that we had six months of, of tourist visa that would allow us to stay in the UK. So that was comfortable for me. That that was a nice chunk of time. Where a lot of countries, it's only three months. Where you know, then you have more complicated visa situations. That's part of our formula. I don't know if uh, we explain that, but the you know, we, we never stay in a country longer than the tourist time of three months. In most countries are three months, unless we can do the border hop. And right, Mexico was different, but Mexico. for most, for the most part, and and that was really appealing that we knew in the UK, which involves, of course, Scotland, England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. That between those, we could be there for the six months. And we've been here for two and a half months and we haven't left uh, Edinburgh yet. Well, yeah. And now we're thinking it's probably not safe or the right time to really do much exploring in England, which we intended to do. But on the rise here. So that's a reality with COVID. Just uh, added in just last week. So they're 
kind of clamping down again here. Mm. And some other things that have changed for, well, so much has changed, but it's just very interesting being here. And John, did you explain that you, that you had been in um, Scotland in college? How many yeah, years ago? Are we dating you ago. now? Yeah. <laughs> and, and doing all the various, you know, the key attractions and that, and then coming back all these all decades later and it being so quiet because yeah. it's just, there's not the not tourists the that you normally crowds, would have. No. So yeah. I don't know any different. My, you know, I don't have any context with it. I actually kind of like it because it seems very easy to move around and do things. Where John, you were saying normally this, like where we are right now, would be packed. Yeah, packed with especially tourists. during the month of uh, August is when they have their big festival, Fringe Festival. It's one of the biggest in the world and highly regarded. And there was nobody here, and and the festival was shut down. They didn't do anything. They did yeah. a couple of things remotely, uh, you know, but it was nothing like what it normally is. And it just is a, a completely different vibe. Different vibe, yeah. Wow. I was in Edinburgh, uh, actually the first trip I ever made out of the United States. Um, and I'd have to do the math to see how long ago that will definitely date me. But in <laughs> that trip was to England, Scotland and Ireland. And so I remember nice. Edinburgh vividly and I loved, loved, loved Scotland. So have you been uh, able to see any other areas or are you mostly well, in Edinburgh? No, talk about what we have been lovely. able to do and thank goodness that we squeezed these activities in over the last few weeks because now that's changing but go ahead john no we, Some really we, great we things. did a rented a car for three consecutive weekends and we went up to st andrews and uh, went through uh pit lockery um and uh what was it that town that you loved so much Aberfeldy. Aberfeldy. So just kind of coastal drive and and then up through st andrews and then back inland and uh then we went down to sterling the next day and I just loved sterling castle it was amazing the next weekend we went south and we went down along the coast and then back up to loch Lomond and went again beautiful and glencoe and fort william and then we did the highlight, though, yeah, it, yeah, was, it was it was amazing. We took a three day weekend. Uh, we're not big planners, so we took a train up to Inverness. And when we got to Inverness, we said, "Well, we'll rent a car and we'll figure out what we're going to do from here." So we had a couple of options. We rented a car at the airport. Asked the guy at the airport, "What would you recommend that we do?" And he said, "Do the North Coast 500, which is a loop around northwestern Scotland. There's a big loop, a coastal loop, and it was spectacular. It was mm. I." I, it was one of the best trip. experiences yeah. traveling, certainly, and maybe of my life. Mm-hmm. It was so incredible. It is worth so planning gorgeous. an entire trip around the North Coast 500. Yeah. And we were fortunate, again, because the limited amount mm-hmm. of people that are out doing this. And the time that we did it was in, was in uh, late September, so it wasn't too, too bad. But there were still people out doing it. But if it was during the summer, non-COVID, it would be... Much more challenging because it was slower and more people out and about. We were we were very fortunate that we had three days of beautiful sunshine, which is a rarity uh, in Scotland this time of year. And we were just very very fortunate. But I would highly recommend the North Coast Five Hundred to anybody. It is spectacular. Mm, All right, it's on the list, (laughs) right? But something I would stress right now is that we are just so grateful for anything we're able to do in in a travel capacity because you know we're we're very realistic about what's going on with COVID and we're dealing with very practical restrictions that are impacting us. And what we're able to do, we are just so grateful for it. 
you know, and we don't take it for granted yeah. at all. Yeah. Mm. Well, so let me ask you this question. This next one is going to be a little bit of a loaded question, but well, two parts. First, are you voting in the election over here remotely? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. And what's it like being an American overseas right now with what's going on back here in the United States? What's it like for you to be over there watching from afar? And and what are people saying that you are meeting in your travels? <laughs> Everybody that we met in Mexico, from the second we got into Mexico, they would joke around and say, now you're on the fun side of the wall. <laughs> That's so that true. was kind of like the mentality there. And, and there was a lot of anti-Trump sentiment. And there were we met quite a few people at the first place that we stayed at that were expats and they were very much Trump supporters, which creates a very different dynamic when you have people who are uh, older. These were older expats that were uh, set in their ways and created some tension. But I would say that a majority of the people that we have met over the last two years keep asking a similar question, which is what happened to the United States? Mm. Which what is so wrong? disheartening. Yeah. So not just in Mexico, but everywhere mm-hmm. that you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Every single yeah. one we have that chance. One of the questions that they, they ask almost every single time is, do you like well, the president? Right. They want to qualify it first. Because they don't want to say Find anything negative where, where if we, we say yes, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would say I would only I can only recall one person in Santiago that was that we spoke to that was pro-Trump. And he right. was a conservative in general. So that conversation ended pretty quickly. <laughs> it was a short conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, we well, have... you know what, John? I was thinking, too, though, when people, when we would meet people and they're asking where we're from, we almost felt like we had to qualify ourselves as far as, well, we're from the United States, but we're not supportive of what's going on in the United States right now politically. Yeah. It's like, there's like distancing ourselves from that. Yeah. And kind of just making that that clear. Yeah, And that's one, especially Mexico. Cause this one, this was, you know, we were there in 2018, 2019, when there was all that, you know, fervor about the wall and building the wall and, and all of that. So yeah, I felt like we needed to just kind of cover ourselves and let them know that. Mm-hmm. And I think We're one of the things fans that, of that I would share with people concept. is that, you know, when you're inside the bubble of the United States and you have this mentality that we're the best country in the world type of thing, and when you spend time outside of the bubble, that's not like a two-week vacation, and you're spending time with people in other in the political environments and other economic conditions, you know, that it's a, you're you're starting to appreciate where you came from, but you're also starting to look at what has changed so that has become so dramatically different to the point where other nations and we've met people from all over the world as we've been traveling who have it, who, whose opinion of the United States has changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've run into that too. That's so true. Yeah. And, and in our travels, I've had people say to me like, what's, what is the ex- obsession with guns in the United States? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know how to answer that question because <laughs> I don't understand it either. Right. But also like what's happened over there? Like what's happened? Yeah. And, and of course we're trying to figure that out ourselves. Well, so, we also encountered one of the things that we encountered when we were in Argentina is we were about three weeks into the lockdown, maybe three or four weeks, and the woman that was living across the hall heard Karen on a telephone call with her boss back in the United States, and she knocked on our door. 
And uh, fortunately, Karen's boss spoke uh, fluent Spanish. So basically had a conversation and the woman was saying, you don't, you shouldn't be here. You're from the United States. You shouldn't be here. You know, basically the mindset that you, you are one of the big infection countries and you're, you're putting everybody in this building at risk. She basically targeted us because of it. Well, it it gives you some perspective too, because when you're on the other side of the negativity, you know, usually, you know, there's this perception has been for decades that the U.S. is the best. And, you know, whenever there's a problem, we'll overcome it. Well, we haven't. We've been the worst example possible to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And in that that is a poor reflection on the country as a whole. And that's the way people are perceiving it because they don't, that's what they're seeing looking from the outside in when we're so used to looking from the inside out. And it just gives you, it's provided us with a completely different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I I can imagine it's got to be very interesting. I mean, travel in general changes your perspective. I mean, I know it certainly has for me, but to be over there, to be outside of the United States right now, watching what's happening from afar and, mm-hmm. and hearing what the rest of the world is saying. Um, that's gotta be a very interesting yeah, place to be. For, I, yeah. Some ways we feel we like we're follow, fortunate. Yeah. You follow there. it enough to be aware and educated about what's happening, but also when we need to, we can kind of get back shut in our off. bubble and shut yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. Turn it off and not be as connected to it. So it's, yeah, it's kind of an interesting balance that happens with that. Well, I, I would imagine that depending on how things go in the coming next couple of months, there may yes. be more and more. <laughs> no. Oh, I know. We are watching, yes, very, very closely close. that, that aspect of it all. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So make, sure the, make sure the apartment next door is available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole building. Yeah, right. right? Well, thank you so much. I really, like I said, I live vicariously through you guys. I enjoy your podcast and... And it, it, for everything I hear you say, it sounds like our travel styles are very much alike. So mm-hmm. it really is nice to be able to kind of go along with you on your journey. And thank you for taking yeah. the time to yeah. do this interview with me. Oh, no, it's been we, fun. We were looking forward to it. You know, we would just we just want to encourage people to consider this as an option because if you if you start thinking about it, you put the wheels in motion. If your intention is behind, I want to explore this you'll have a much better chance of realizing the possibilities than if you never give it a second thought. Well, what's the term we like to use, John? Planifestation. Planifestation. Uh, I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag planifestation. All right. right. I like it. So is there anything else you want us to know or that you want to share before we wrap up? I do want to say that if anyone's interested, you can follow John and Karen on Instagram, Facebook, and the podcast from Someplace New, S-U-M-P-L-A-C-E, which is available on all podcast platforms. But is there anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? I, I just... Uh, I- I think people who who look at this as being like, oh, it must be nice. It, it is nice. There's no doubt about that. But it is something that has been, it, the wheels started in motion with that first conversation back in 1995. So we, it, it didn't happen overnight. So that doesn't mean that if you want to do it, it doesn't mean you have to do it in a matter of weeks. It can be a couple of years, but start, get the wheels in motion. 
because it's such a rewarding lifestyle and it's such a rewarding opportunity to do this. And we're going to keep doing it as long as we possibly can. Yeah. And I think too, if we've learned anything, well, we've learned a lot of things this year, but one of the things is how quickly time is going by. I, I cannot believe that it's October, 2020. So the time is marching on anyway. So if there's something that you want to do regarding this travel lifestyle and, it, and it's resonating with you, Start, yeah, just start putting those wheels in motion and and uh, and make that happen. And feel free to reach out to us if, if carry anybody on. in your listening audience has uh, questions. We'd be more than happy to help out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Always Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by giving me a five-star rating. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving.